0: This week on this weekend blurs ball. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing Dude. happened this week. What? What? What the hell are we gonna on? Talk Star Wars? Yeah, let's talk Star Wars. And I got nothing <laughs> better. <laughs> 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 Welcome to this week of Ball. You've all been very naughty, except for you, Doctor Zoidberg. Here's a pogo stick. Hooray! I am your host Ben Bloom. With me, as always, is co-host and executive producer Jacob Morris. And not too much baseball to talk about, but the baseball we have is like is some big stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean we'll start with the bad news uh unfortunately we lost another all-time great this week uh it really feels like every couple of weeks we're talking about something like this this year uh so white Sox and uh marginally phillies legend dick allen passed away yesterday if you're listening to the recording today uh on release day uh he was a guy who was a borderline hall of famer uh, didn't quite make it on in his time on the ballot um Was getting close to the Veterans Committee, probably would have made it in the next year or two, uh, likely now makes it because he's gone, uh, but had a long and storied career playing with a couple of great franchises during some bad years for them. Absolutely. I mean... He was rookie of the year with the Phillies. He was MVP with the White Sox. Uh, He had a year with the Dodgers where where they were doing great. He had a year in St. Louis where you know this this was the tail end of St. Louis's you know um, like championship running teams, and yeah, for the longest time, um, like like just going back now, looking at his career, like he had to put up with a lot of shit. I mean, he was like, he was playing in Philly. um, And this was Philly only a few years removed from being the last NL team to integrate. And he put up with a ton of racial abuse from fans, teammates, to the point that, you know, he wore a John Olroot style fielding helmet because of stuff being thrown at him from, from the stands and I mean for a long time um he like he was like mischaracterized as difficult and controversial and again like when you're looking back at some of the stuff you went through it's like you can understand why a guy would be a bit you know standoffish and you know blunt and you know like trying to make sure that his best interests were protected but Again, like you, you saw yesterday, um, Mike Schmidt, um, when 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 Dick Allen went back to the Phillies, you know, that was like early Mike Schmidt days and Schmidt had like glowing reviews for him as a teammate and, you know, like Schmidt has been one of like his most ardent, you know, defenders and one of the people who's been on the Dick Allen to the Hall of Fame uh, on the campaign. And, and yeah, and, and of course, you know, for most people you think, Dick Allen, you think of one of the greatest Sports Illustrated covers back when Sports Illustrated meant something, which is Dick Allen juggling baseballs in the White socks, red and white pinstripes with a dart hanging from his mouth, the great sideburns and mustache, and yeah, like one of the all-time great baseball photos was Dick Allen. And yeah, too bad Sports Illustrated isn't a thing anymore. But that yeah, I mean, a, they're really not. But they. That was one hell of a photo. Uh, Yeah, and he was one hell of a guy. And it's unfortunate that he's not going to see his own induction into Cooperstown. Uh, Very much, he was on track to get in there and will be getting in there now. Uh, It's unfortunate that the final push over the line for him will be everybody remembering him because he's dead. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's that's what happens, though. For sure. And earlier this year... um, the Phillies made an exception for their retired number policy for it only being Hall of Famers and retired his number as a presumed, you know, one long overdue because, you know, even that 1964 Phillies team that ended up blowing the pennant lead, he was still kicking ass during that stretch where the rest of the team sucked. Yeah. He, he was a great, great player. And it's unfortunate that he gets added to the list of, great great players that we lost in 2020. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so from us at This Week in Burns Ball, uh, Dick Allen, gone too soon, Uh, thank you for your contributions to baseball, and we're sorry we didn't recognize them earlier. Yeah, Um, so on to, I guess, lighter news. Uh, It's winter meeting season, so it's time for the hot stove to get heated up because it has been very much the winter of our discontent in baseball. Uh, nothing has happened since, uh, <laughs> since the World Series. It's been, we've been talking about rumors, and we've been talking about other rumors, and there's been the occasional trade. I mean, Lance Lynn got traded to the White Sox, which is a great move for the White Sox. Um, but going back, stoves can be hot. I never knew this. Right, like it, 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 you put your hand on it, nothing happens. Like I, I, again, kids at home who are listening, go find your stoves. Yes, definitely touch stoves. That's a good decision. Uh, we had the we had the non tender deadline last weekend. Uh, there were some big names that got uh, tender that got non tendered. Uh, chief among them, Kyle Schwarber, no the longer Schwartz. a cub. Yeah, he could still very much come back, and as you can hear in the background, Ampersand is very upset about Schwartz not being a cub anymore. Yeah. Do I need to pause is now the question. Is, are, are, I think we're at threat level midnight. <laughs> yes, so let's take a pause here, and we'll be back in a moment. And we're back and with no continuity errors whatsoever. And once again, that commercial break was brought to you by Aunt Snooze's Maple Syrup. This is the kind of sap I like. You the kind of sap I like. I just get aroused. <laughs> so what were we saying? The winter meetings, lack of deals. Um, Chorber. Chorber got, de- uh, got non-tendered, leading oh. the class of non-tenders. Mm, tenders, mm, tender, but yeah, we will probably see this week during the winter meetings, and I have to assume they're virtual. Although it's America, so they could very well be going to Arizona. They are. They're Zoom winter meetings. Uh, okay, just everyone gets the background of like the, uh, the the Hilton Scottsdale just to make it feel right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know who didn't have a bad week? Boba freaking Fett. That's Boba rough. Fett did not have a bad week. We finally saw Boba Fett being a badass for the first time in Star Wars history on this week's episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, wow. Yeah. Like of like I mean Robert Rodriguez killed it with that last episode just pretty much making it the Mandalorian Mariachi. It was insane and also genuinely terrifying how ultra-violent <laughs> Boba Fett went on those poor, helpless stormtroopers. But let's be real, they're stormtroopers. They knew what they were getting into. They knew what they were getting into. They're stormtroopers. Yeah, ultra violent We saw pieces of armor flying everywhere. Well, he smashed it down with that stick. Uh, by the way, that's one of the uh, Tusken Raider sticks. So we mm-hmm. finally see the damage that those can inflict, other than just being swung over your head and going, ah, ah, ah. Uh, ultra, ultra violent, then gets his armor back, uh, uses his famed rocket launcher to blow up a troop transport, which blows up another troop transport. And he was aiming for the other one. Classic Boba. Also, knee rockets? Those are a thing now. Fuck, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. And, yeah, this is, like, yeah, we kind of need to turn into a Mandalorian podcast for the next couple weeks at least, because, holy shit, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, uh, so, baby Yoda got kidnapped. He did, by death troopers, like evil Jedi stormtroopers, Sith monsters. Yeah, uh, so we saw dark troopers in live-action canon now, and... Uh, Moth Gideon is uh, playing, doing some Darth Vader cosplay. Yeah, he yeah. Gustavo Fring has gone full chest plate. He's got the dark saber. Uh, wants Baby Yoda just throwing around stormtroopers with his tiny little baby Yoda claws. He has leveled up since he he did that uh, Jedi meditation oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, man, he, he dropped a force choke on one of those stormtroopers, though. Yeah, I mean, this. I think where we're heading to this is like, baby Yoda could be at a you know force Robert Frost type situation. If he takes one road, he'll be evil baby Yoda. If he takes the other road, he'll just so be baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what I'd like to know is what Jedi picked up that force signal. I mean. There's only so many Jedi in the universe that we know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Ahsoka Tano, which, again, another great, you know, now we have someone from the cartoons coming into the series. Um, but she was already saying, you know, eh, I don't know. But, you know, in typical Mandalorian fashion, you don't just have one person show up. Like, I'm pretty sure Bill Burr's coming back on Friday for another. Oh, everybody. yeah. You get your sword. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Silver is definitely coming back. We're definitely having another prison break episode. Yay! Man, that meet, we got to get Wentworth Miller and uh, Dominic Purcell into a Mandalorian Star Wars prison break. Like, I, I want to see Captain Cold and Heatwave just doing their thing in space. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but how many other Jedi canonically are out there right now? I mean, there's Luke Skywalker, but... Mark Hamill's old, uh, so what are they going to recast? Well, no, they could last Jedi him when they when they just you know like uh, just for mend his beard and you know uh, give him back his swoop. They could, uh, but that really messes with things. Uh, there's Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. We could bring him into sure. the canon. Um, there's, um, like, Squidhead Goatee, who might have got Order 66. I'm pretty and... sure we saw him get Order 66. I also love that the Soviets had their own version of that, Order 227. Yeah. Or Tip Bickverts. Crafty Russians. <laughs> the Crafty Russians. <laughs> um, well, Obi-Wan is already a ghost. Yeah. But Force Ghost Obi-Wan could always show up. Also, yeah. also, Star Wars Kenobi is shooting starting this week in Boston. Oh, my God. You and McGregor's back, people. Yeah. Now, I must admit, since it's shooting in Boston, the obligatory overhead shot of Fenway Park is going to look really out of place. Maybe that's where they do their pod racing. <laughs> I have no idea when in the canon it's going to land because I always thought it was going to be during his exile on Tatooine and it was going to be a Western. But we've already got the Star Wars Western. It's the Mandalorian. But we can always have more Star Wars samurai Westerns. Yes, we can. That's all we need. That's all we want. We don't want anything more. Although, that being said... For the first, what, like 48 minutes of the Mandalorian pilot, we're like, okay, awesome, it's going to be a Samurai Western. And then this adorable Muppet baby shows up, and we're like, we don't care about Samurai Westerns anymore. Protect the baby. Yeah. And then it was even more of a Samurai Western. Samurais can have babies. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I remember it. Uh, Yeah, so who knows what's going to be going on with Kenobi. Although you would regret his back. He is back. And again, he was one of the highlights of the prequels because he was good at being Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, I also like in uh, The Mandalorian that they have Paul Henson-Lee as a rebel commander. Yes. Kim's convenience. In space. <laughs> oh man. You know who. Bill Pullman is a thousand percent going to show up. Lone Star is going to save the day. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) But John Candy won't be there. Oh, well again, uh, yeah. In other like star Wars universe, death news, David Proust died. The body of Darth Vader. I, yeah. I mean that, that was another sad development. Yeah. Uh, Are we a star Wars podcast now? I think we're a Star Wars podcast now. I think we're a Star Wars podcast now. (laughs) Probably favorite moment from the past couple weeks? Baby Yoda stealing macarons. Yes! (laughs) And then he stole the cookies, and then he stole another child's cookies, and he ate them. And then threw them up. He only stole the cookies? Yes. He didn't eat the other child? Yes. Okay, that's progress for him. Yeah, I mean, like, we've seen Baby Yoda eat unborn children. (laughs) Like, there's no other way to phrase it. He was eating frog people eggs. They played that as a joke, and it was disturbing. (laughs) It was disturbingly funny. And then, when one of the froglings hatches, Baby Yoda's like, Oh! (laughs) It it, it clicks for him, and he decides to be good. Yeah. By stealing and vomiting. Oh, Baby Yoda. You a moral little thing. And again, I love that Muppet Babies is now Star Wars canon. Yeah. Could we have other baby Yodas? Oh, just like just like how they had like the field of evil spiders, just a field of baby Yodas frolicking. Yes. Or waddling, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Are baby Yodas live birthed or egg hatched? I don't know. I mean, we only have ever seen three Yodas. Yoda, Yaddle, and Baby Yoda. <laughs> yes. Wait. Well, I believe Yoda and Yaddle were supposed to be brother and sister. But ah, what the shit, Yoda? <laughs> there must be others of his species. Somehow, like... And again, I, I think the Dagobah wasn't his planet. That's just where he was hiding out, like... Is there a secret Yoda homeworld? There must be a secret Yoda homeworld. Could the original uh, Enterprise uh, crew have visited Yoda's homeworld and we just didn't know it? I don't see why not. Star Wars, Star Trek crossover. Star Wars, Star Trek crossover brought to you by Bowling for Quatlues, everyone's favorite game show. Oh, man, yeah, we have taken a significant detour, so let's take another. Connery's Corner, we're going back to the Cage Fest. What do we got this week? This week, we're doing a head-to-head. Ooh. We're facing off two of Cage's sequels from the mid-2000s. We've got National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, versus Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Who will win? No one. (laughs) Was Sam Elliott in the Ghost Rider movies like Ghost Riders in the Sky? (laughs) Uh, If he wasn't, he should have been. So, we will start with National Treasure Book of Secrets, the one that I more remember because, you know, it's a National Treasure movie. So, after all of the crazy treasure hunting in the first one, Guess what there is? More treasure. But now it's Lincoln somehow and the Aztecs and somehow the the Black Hills of South Dakota. And oh yeah, by the way, Mount Rushmore is kind of an asshole move. Well, even more so than it already is. Yeah. (laughs) Because it turns out Mount Rushmore is covering up El Dorado, the lost city of gold. Also, how the fuck was El Dorado in North Dakota? I thought it was South Dakota. So the South makes it okay? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, is is North is is Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? Yeah. <laughs> okay. How the fuck was El Dorado in South Dakota? <laughs> well, here's my guess. Um, some at some point during uh, Tulio and Miguel's escape, um, Kevin Klein decided to take his gold. And go to the Black Hills and just bury it there. Ah, okay. Now, the only... Who as Hernan Cortez. <laughs> yes. The only redeeming qualities to that movie are Helen Mirren and yes. Ed Wood. Ed Harris? Ed Harris, not Ed Wood. Ed Harris is... he's He has been quietly showing up in most of our Connery's corners. He was in The Rock where he was the bad guy, but really he was the good guy. Yeah. Um he's now a National Treasure Two Book of Secrets and he was like the most compelling character. And I'm including Justin Bartha in, in that list of compelling characters. Yeah. It's it's a weird movie. And somehow they're <laughs> going to make a National Treasure three. You know they're gonna do it. Oh, of course they are. I mean like is it gonna be like the legend of like Trump's curly gold or something like that? Yeah. The gold that I the gold is in the heart of every American. I didn't want a metaphor. (laughs) You just started counting for a score in sixty three from a random point in the hallway. (laughs) Um, Oh man, Bruce Greenwood. Because remember how last time I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Now it's I'm gonna kidnap the president. (laughs) Yeah. Bruce Greenwood does the president make sense, except for the fact that he's Canadian. And, and Ty Burrell as Phil Dunphy at the White House makes perfect sense in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it kind of goes off the rails. They end up in France for some reason. Um, Nick Cage kind of goes crazy in a British accent, which in peak Nick Cage mode. <laughs> This movie seeks to answer the question: Nick Cage, good or bad? And it ends up with, "I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat." <laughs> yeah, this. I give this movie three out of four. Sexy cats. That was my answer. Yeah. Well, I stole it, just like I stole the Declaration of Independence. You stole the Declaration of Independence. Now we're compar- we're contrasting it with. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which is a sequel to the not-good Ghost Rider movie. How this got a sequel, I don't know. Nick Cage was legendarily crazy on the set of this. He was dressed up in voodoo makeup to try and capture the soul of the character. You mean the spirit of the vengeance? The spirit of the vengeance. The soul of the spirit of vengeance. Oh, my! And this was when Marvel could have gone either way, in terms of the Nick Cage scale of things. Like, could you imagine Nick Cage in Avengers? I can now. Yeah. Because let, let that settle into your brain pan for a second. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Nick Cage. Whoa. Also... I feel like a Nick Cage versus Black Widow slash Hawkeye movie would be amazing on so many levels. Yeah. Well, I feel like they need to get Nick Cage back into the Marvel-verse, just not as Ghost Rider. Who, who would Nick Cage be better suited to play? Because, again, he already almost was Superman with the mullet. <laughs> mullet Superman. Huh. I mean, it's too bad that they don't have that they can't use Pedro Pascal now because he is in the DC universe. Maxwell Lord coming soon to not a theater near you. To HBO Plus, or if you're Canadian, Crave. Oh shit, that's how we're gonna get it. Yep. Yeah, uh, as long as you're paying for HBO. Yes. Pay. Hey. I mean what the hell was this movie? Like, I barely got through the first Ghost Rider, and, you know, even that one had some points where it's like, wait, why am I watching this? How how mentally altered a state am I in? It was bad. It was real bad. And on the scale of Nick Cage, good or bad, this was bad. I give this one four talking at random intervals <laughs> out of five. I, I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to go with one out of five Andy Samberg and the Cage segments. <laughs> oh, man. Andy Samberg does do a good Nick Cage impression. He does, yeah. And and again, this movie was a, a waste of a Kieran Hines appearance. So, bad movie. Bad, bad. movie. Huh. I feel like Nick Cage could play a good Marvel supervillain. I, I feel like it... If, uh, if they didn't want to do the whole metaphorical, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch as Dormammu and Strange, Nick Cage could have been a great Dormammu. You have come to die. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think he would make a really good Doctor Strange villain. Yeah. With all of his, just the crazy whacked out magic stuff. So just him from the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Sorcerer's Apprentice crossover. Yeah, pretty much. Also, were there... Were there brooms in that movie? Like, did did Jay Baruchel, like, turn into Mickey Mouse at one point? It's like, wait, I I can't train my brooms. Ah." I don't think so, but I never watched it. I think I might have, like, cable watched it. But, yeah, my memory is fuzzy. (laughs) Yeah. Watching a movie on cable doesn't count. They're not allowed to use the good words. That is true. For a long time I did not know what John McClain was saying to the Germans. No, neither did I. Who's Mr. Falcon? <laughs> and why is he getting in a kayak? <laughs> also, the my <laughs> we both like doing impressions. We both like doing like celebrity voices and random voices. My favorite one to do is the following. <clears throat> Yippee Kaye, yay, Mister Potter! <laughs> Episode title. Yep, yippee Kaye, yay, Mister Potter. Because uh, Alan Rickman was so good in both of those for very different reasons. Yes. Uh, at some point, we got to do a Costner corner and talk about whatever the fuck Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves was. Oh, why did why was Morgan Freeman in that? Why wasn't he in that? It was so that when Mel Brooks did the parody, he could get Dave Chappelle. Yes. But when Mel Brooks did the parody, he also got Patrick Stewart. Hey, Kevin Costner got Sean Connery. Touche. But, but who's the better actor? Don't make me choose. Yeah, really don't make me choose. Yeah. I mean, if we're going shot for shot at King Arthur... I'm pretty sure Sean Connery has played King Arthur like seven times. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, Sean, King of the Britons. What do you mean, Flying coconut? It was two swallows flying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would pay to see that. Right? Sean Connery in Monty Python in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this has turned into a blender of a Buster Cluck. <laughs> Yeah. Well there was no baseball this week. What were we supposed to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll show them. <laughs> yeah. Give us baseball to talk about, or we're gonna go nuts. We will go we will go weird. It will get weirder. <laughs> Man, remember that like twelve week stretch where there was no baseball and all we talked about was movies? Yeah, but they were at least baseball movies tangentially. <laughs> yeah, sure. Man, we kept this thing going through a lot less content, and now we're just floundering. <laughs> <laughs> Man, one week with no content, and we got nothing. Oh, my God. But hey, if you like The Mandalorian and stealing macarons, I mean, we're, we're your guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shall we go to Futurama episodes of the week? I think this is going to be a short episode. <laughs> I, I, I believe so. So, yes, Futurama episode of the week. Would you like to go first? I shall. I'm going with stench and stenchability. It oh. is one of the last episodes ever made. It's also a very sweet episode. Uh, it's Zoidberg-centric. Zoidberg falls in love with a flower stand owner who's unable to smell the fact that he, well, reeks. Yeah. Uh, and then he has the opportunity to give her a nose transplant and give her back her sense of smell. Uh, but is challenged about that because she'll be able to smell how bad he smells. And then ultimately he does that because it's good for her. And since she's never smelled anything, she doesn't real. She hasn't had the opportunity to develop an opinion of what smells good and what smells bad. So she likes his smell anyway. Because he's a nice guy. Well, a nice Decapodian. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, Amelia Clark making a uh, a voice uh, over appearance on that episode. And, yeah, it's always nice when Zoidberg gets to have a happy moment. <laughs> that was Zoidberg's happy ending for the series. And it's nice. Like he he's a character who deserves like a nice send-off like for all the stuff they put him through. He he truly was the Jerry Gergich. He really was. Uh Jerry, Larry, Terry, Gary, Gengar, Gergich. <laughs> oh, Zoidberg. <laughs> So I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to go with an earlier episode. I really hope we haven't done this yet. Xmas story. We have not. Fuck yeah. So this is where we learn about Xmas and how Christmas is an antiquated pronunciation and how robot Santa malfunctioned and set his standards for being nice too high. So he judges everyone to be naughty and shoots them with lasers and rockets. You dare bribe Santa? And John Goodman, great in everything. (laughs) John Goodman is great in everything. Conan O'Brien's head in a jar. Can't complain. Hey, so what's up with that Y2K? We cured that a thousand years ago. (laughs) Now, this isn't the one where Bender replaces Robot Santa. No, this is the one where Fry is trying to make it up to Leela to get her a nice gift. And, like, girls like swarms of lizards, right? Ah, yes, this one. So not the one where, oh, I'm Roma Santa and his friend, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> not zombie Jesus, which means yeah. that they're familiar with the concept of Jesus in the future. Holy zombie Jesus. <laughs> And, of course, has the first appearance of the Christmas carol, Santa Claus is Gunning You Down, which, if I may, do-do-do-do, he knows when you are sleeping, he knows when you're on the can, he'll hunt you down and blast your ass from here to Pakistan, (laughs) oh! Oh, you better not breathe, you better not move, you're better off dead, I'm telling you, dude, Santa Claus is gunning you down. (laughs) Because evidently in the year 3000, Santa Claus robot is flying to Pakistan. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Oh, man, I love how they just take things that are nice and make them weird. Just like us. Just like us. (laughs) And, of course, in that episode, you know, we, we see the, the bongo one-ear bunny, and Zoidberg gets a pogo stick, and, oh, Timmy Tim, just trying to get some robot oil. Yeah. Oh, Zoidberg being good. <laughs> the only good person in the Titan Express crew, and implied to be on Earth. Yes, because everyone else is, you know, being shot at by Santa. Except you, Dr. Zoidberg. You get a pogo stick. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Classic game of the week? Oh, if I must. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of in that headspace of, shit, we, uh, we kind of dropped the ball on that. Do you have uh, one? I, I do have one. It is um, October 26th, 2016, game... Two of the World Series between the Chicago Club, Chicago Chicago Clubs. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't Washington's NFL team. Between the Chicago Cubs and Cleveland. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I was there. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Fun fun as hell game. Great ballpark. They put pierogies on hot dogs. So, yeah. Ooh. Also, Burtman's Ballpark Mustard, the good Cleveland Brown Mustard, is their default mustard. And, I mean, they've got, like, a statue of Superman at the airport because of Siegel and Schuster's Cleveland connection. And that one street in Cleveland is a great goddamn time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm going to October the 6th, 2010. Uh, Phillies against Reds. No, was it the Reds? Yes, it was the Reds. Um, Roy Halladay throws the second no-hitter in postseason history. Yes. And this was the same year he threw that perfect game against Florida. Yes, it was. Uh, One of the few pitchers ever to throw two no-hitters in the same season. Uh, I mean, if we're counting postseason as being same season. Uh, Same calendar year, I guess. Yeah. And he faced only 29 batters in the postseason game, too. I mean, he (laughs) came very close to throwing a postseason perfect game. And these were good Cincinnati teams. This was when Joey Votto was young and curmudgeonly. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Votto's always been curmudgeonly, but he's yeah, also yeah. always been great. That's hey, if you, like, you can balance it out, then Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that that is a great game. And again, like, Everyone in Toronto, like it was all positive feelings. Like you watch the Canadian sports networks, and it was all like good for Roy. He and, he really deserved that. He really deserved that playoffs, and then to take it to that other level was mm-hmm. just awesome. His first ever playoff appearance, he threw a no hitter. That's insane. Like yeah, and like, again, <laughs> it's like this guy was so good for so long, and it's such baseball, such like that weird sport where. You can be an absolute great and not win a World Series and not reach the pro postseason. And like again, Mike Trout like is being bandied about as greatest ever and has zero playoff run to speak of three games in the postseason and his whole career. Yeah. I mean, he's better off not having appeared so he could give himself like a merino like aura. Yeah. But yeah, like, hell, Dan Marino didn't win the big one, <laughs> but was still Dan freaking Marino. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, kids, winning comes in all different forms. But you know, go go win a championship. Go win a championship. <laughs> one day, one day, Mike Trout will win the big one. Once he joins the Red Sox. <laughs> okay, Ben. Okay. I need something to cling on to, man. (laughs) Yeah, you really do. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of this week's episode. So as a reminder, you can follow us on pretty much all social media. We're at TWI Blurreds Ball. Uh, Otherwise, uh, we're on all of the big podcast networks, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much anywhere you find a podcast, you can listen to us and uh, give us a good rating so that other people find us. Anything you want to add, Ben? Well, yeah, if you have any comments for how off the rails we went and any baseball news we should have talked about, you can reach out to us on Twitter at JMS Morris and at Benjamin K. Bloom. We promise to listen. And if you have any email, do we still have twiblurnsball at gmail.com? We do. If you want to email the podcast, I'll be checking it. Yes, so you can rest assured that the adults in the room will be paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So for all of us here at This Week in Blurreds Ball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Ben Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us and not stealing my line. Farewell from the world of tomorrow. up next week on this week at Blurred's baseball should I tra- hope yeah we should probably talk about baseball I mean we kind of went crazy there and if you're still listening to us you know our sincere apologies <laughs> in conclusion Fox bad CBS good NBC, NBC better <laughs>